Engineering Peace with Tom Bond is a real-life look at how peace is becoming a reality on our planet. Plus, it's a personal resource to help you create the change in your life that you'd like to see in the world. Get peacemaker updates and interviews in Tom's What Peace Sounds Like episodes. Listen to recordings from Tom's workshops, training sessions, and custom messages for listeners to help make peace a reality in our own lives. You're listening to Engineering Peace with Tom Bond. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, so we are back for part three of the trilogy, Feelings, Needs, and the Coronavirus, which ends up being almost like a little mini course on how we can use the skills of nonviolent communication and compassionate thinking to deal with what's going on around us. So the first part, if you haven't listened to part one or part two, this is part three, and it will not make a whole lot of sense unless you've listened to part two, and that won't make sense until you've listened to part one. This part is about what happens when we are centered in our needs, we we understand what it is that we would like, we understand what needs are met, what needs are not met, we are looking around us, we have a compassionate view of the world, we can see people in, in, a, in the light of that they're just simply trying to meet their needs, or even people who are doing things that we may not be comfortable with. And so once we can get into that place of being able to see ourselves, see others compassionately, now what? Well, what my teacher, Marshall Rosenberg, would say is that we start making requests. In other words, we start doing things, and the way we do things is by asking for them as opposed to demanding them. And so what I want to talk about this time is how we go about attempting to meet our needs and be respecting the needs of those around me. How do you do that? How do you pursue your needs and make sure that that's being done in consideration of the needs of those around you? And so I'm going to talk about something that will apply to that very nicely, I think. And it actually two some things. One is hearing the word no, and the other one is saying the word no. These two subjects, which may seem rather negative, are actually how we can say yes to life. Whenever we say no, we are saying yes to something. And whenever we hear no, somebody is saying yes to something. And so it's in this re, uh, this re-examining or re-looking at no as actually like we talk about an attempt to meet needs. It doesn't mean they don't care. It doesn't mean we don't matter. It doesn't mean our needs won't get met. It just means it will meet their needs to do something else. And when I can get that view, when I can see the yes behind the no, I can relate to it because I'm trying to meet my needs too. The other thing is when I can explain to somebody what the yes is behind my no, then I can still say no. However, 
I can do it in a way that's more compassionate and perhaps more understandable to the other. So how does that work? So what do I mean when I say, well, what's the yes behind the no? Well, here's an example. So the other day, a delivery person came to my house and had a piece of paper that they wanted to hand to me. And they came right up to me and handed me this paper. Well, I'm self-quarantined right now, which means you do your best not to touch things that other people have touched. And so when he handed me the paper, I asked him to just set it down on my front porch, to which he looked at me as if I was crazy. So there was a moment where I had to understand, even for myself, what was I saying yes to? What was my no about? And I realized that it was about my very safety, my very health. And so by saying no to touching that piece of paper, I was saying yes to my health. So now I'm grounded in my needs. Now I understand what's going on for myself. And more or as importantly, I could say, that gives us the ability to now share that with other people. And when we can share the needs that are behind something, including a no, it's pretty relatable for people because we all have needs. And so by helping those around us, by first helping ourselves and then helping those around us understand what we're saying yes to, whether it's to health, uh, whether it's, it's to integrity, whether it's to safety, whatever it is, whatever we're saying yes to when we are saying no, when we can bring that, when we can make that part of the conversation, it doesn't guarantee that everybody's going to instantly understand us, but it, it greatly increases the odds. And, and so it gives me a chance to say no compassionately. And so likewise, when I hear no, and some part of me starts thinking that that person should be saying yes, I want to check in on that. I want to be able to just be able to imagine, and it's not that hard once I remember to do it, is to imagine what are they saying yes to when they say no. If somebody says, no, I don't want to go, you know, go for a hike, well, maybe they're saying yes to rest. If somebody says, I don't want to talk on the phone anymore, maybe they're saying yes to ease. If somebody says, I don't want to talk about this, I've had it. They're saying yes to psychological well-being, perhaps. And so this vision, right, this ability to be able to see the yes behind the no gives me the option to see it differently, to say, oh, yeah, I get it. Maybe I wouldn't even do it that way. But I understand why they're doing it. I understand why they're saying no, because they're saying yes to health or they're saying yes to certainty or they're saying yes to comfort, whatever it is. And so when I can see it that way, it just turns them into more of a human being. It gives us a more connected experience. Even if, yes, somewhere in there I was really kind of hoping they would say yes. But the other thing is I realized if, if it's no, I really want you to say no. I don't want you to say yes. 
sounds a little strange to say, oh, yeah, I want to hear no. Well, when you think about that, well, why would I want to hear no? I want to hear no because it's no. And this is where it starts changing the character, right, of our of our lives. Because when people say yes, and they actually wanted to say no, somewhere along the line, there's going to be a sense of resentment. So what I would rather do is just understand that there's a yes behind the no, and then try to find another way to get that need met. We've talked about this idea of uh, in when we were talking about creativity, right? That there are 10,000 ways to meet a need. And so a lot of times we get into this thing where we think that if somebody says no, it means our need's not going to get met. And I've discovered that that's rarely the case, that it's very rare that one person is the only person that can help me get a need met. When I understand that I'm that my goal is to get the need met and perhaps not to get this person to do something necessarily, then no becomes more, more acceptable. And so we go back to part one and part two of this little trilogy. And that is to understand what we want from the perspective of what our needs are, not what we want other people to do. And that really sums it up, you could say, that when we're requesting, when we're living our lives through requesting, it's creating a world where people are doing what they are doing around us because they want to. So again, it's this idea of not trying to get people to do something, but to to have our needs be met. So that's kind of the wrap up, I think, of our of our little three parter here, right? So if we look at it from the big picture, part one, self empathize, feel my feelings, even though it may be hard to feel them, and we talk about why that's important in part one, and then to be able to connect those to our needs and and to be able to be clear on what needs in particular we would like to have met in our lives, and again, not necessarily how. We might not even know how, but we can identify what needs we would like to have met. The other part, too, is how do we start seeing the rest of the world around us uh, in a way that keeps us connected to that world? And that is what I call the empathic view. And in part two, we talked about how we can have an empathic view of somebody who may be doing something that we find absolutely objectionable and something that we would never do, but yet still keep a compassionate view of a person that's doing something like that. And I think that's really important for us, right? If we're going to keep moving on, because people are going to do things that we don't like. And then here we are, part three. Okay, so now we know what we want, so we can ask for it. And if we hear no, we can just ask again. And if we hear no, we can ask again. And we can ask until we find that set of circumstances, that one of the 10,000 that are going to work and not just work for us, but work for the people who are contributing to us as well. And the other part, again, in, in our ability to say no 
in a compassionate way and to really empathize with how people may want to be hearing a yes, but helping them understand why we're saying no. So it's the hearing no, the saying no, that ends up creating this beautiful set of life-connected boundaries, requests, yeses, nos, dialogues, and the idea being that we can put all of this together to create a more wonderful life, even in hard times like this when we're in the middle of a pandemic. So I hope this has been helpful for you. I know it's been helpful for me just going through the process myself. So thank you for joining me and uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening and please join us again next time for Engineering Peace with Tom Bond. You can listen and subscribe to Engineering Peace with Tom Bond on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. To donate and for more information about Tom's schedule, go to tombond.com. That's T-H-O-M-B-O-N-D.com.